0: Guess what, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash support.
1: Marijuana is no more dangerous than alcohol. There's no reason why it should be illegal. And I always say to people, you know, marijuana is dangerous because it's illegal. It's not illegal because it's dangerous.
0: Mark Clare. Oh, hi, doggies. Kitties. Lions, perhaps. Uh, whatever esoteric animal form you are currently taking, I'm just glad to have you here listening to this program. The 335th episode of this program, which means you can find today's show notes over at lionsofliberty.com slash 335 and it's not just me your host your guide your shining beacon of liberty mark claire every single monday where i host interviews like the one you're going to hear today as well as fun somewhat drunken roundtable discussions with libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor like we did just last week be sure to go check that out we had a blast on our breaking news edition of the show um but you know it's not just me This coming Wednesday, you've also got Brian McWilliams, and every single Wednesday for that matter, when he brings you his weekly shot of comedy, culture, and liberty with Electric Liberty Land, as well as John... Odie Odermat wrapping things up every single Friday with his hard hitting, dare I say, riveting look at the broken criminal justice system. Honestly, I love to toot my own horn, but Felony Friday right now might be the most important show on this podcast because of the the personal stories that that John is bringing out there for to really show the uh, the injustices in the criminal justice system. It's very important to highlight that human element uh, when we're reaching out to people when we're trying to communicate ideas. So uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button because you don't want to miss any of the great content coming out of here. Whether you listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You don't want to miss a thing. Now, before we get into today's interview, I do want to briefly discuss... A little something we're trying to put together. Now, as many of you know, every single year, there is a huge libertarian event in New Hampshire. The Live Free or Die State, the home of the Free State Project. And that event is called Pork Fest. And this is a huge gathering of all sorts of libertarians. There's a huge lineup already developing. I do know that uh, Eric July, who's been a guest on this show, will be at Pork Fest giving a speech as well as performing with his band Backwards. So it's going to be an awesome... time, and we are trying to bring the Lions of Liberty to Porkfest. Now, our good friend, Roger Paxton, the host of the Lava Flow podcast, he is actually in charge of Porkfest this year. He's the one that booked Eric July. He's trying to get us out there, too, but we've got to reach our $1,000 a month Lions of Liberty Pride goal. Now, we're always talking about the Pride. We're always telling you about all the great content there, all the bonus podcasts that we have. We have the Conspiracy Corner. We have Degenerate Gamblers. We have bonus segments with great Guests like Tom Woods, Scott Horton, Julie Borowski, Dave Smith answering questions from Lions of Liberty Pride members, as well as an assortment of uh, extra bonus podcasts. Of course, Brian does some drunken rants. He does his Rand Pauluses and Minuses episodes. So much content. We also have the League of Liberty podcast with the aforementioned Roger Paxton, Chris Spangle of We Are Libertarians, and Johnny Rocket Adams of the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. Just loads of content in there. But besides the content, to me, really the most important important part of the pride is how you get to interact with us and literally help us grow this show we've recently put out a big ad campaign uh, with the part of the problem show with the Tom Wood show and we've got a whole load of new listeners from that so we really are using that money to make this show better to expand our reach and now we're using that money to try to travel and bring you some great content from the road so our goal is to hit that thousand dollars a month to trigger our purchase of our pork fest tickets our transportation our hotels everything we need to get to pork fest and bring you some great content Because We're not just going there to party, Uh, although we plan to do that. We plan to mingle with libertarians. We're going to do a lot while we're there. We're going to set up um, a live podcast with any of our fans that are able to make it to Porkfest. They'll be able to be in studio with us, asking us questions, participating in the show. Uh, We also plan to do some sort of panel that we're discussing uh, with some other podcasters. And we're also hoping to do a live edition of the League of Liberty podcast. So we have all sorts of stuff planned for you guys. you got to head over to Porkfest.com to learn more details now you're definitely going to want to get an early bird ticket because right now prices are lower than they'll ever be but on march 1st all of those prices are going to go up so be sure to go check out porkfest.com but also Be sure to take a few minutes to consider tossing a few bucks our way, joining the Lions of Liberty Pride for as little as $5 a month. You can get access to all of our bonus content as well as help us achieve these goals and bring you some really interesting content over the coming months and years, et cetera, et cetera. Because really, this is only the beginning. 2017 is the first year we started taking in money. We started uh, being able to cover our own expenses. And now we're looking to do much more than that and really expand the kind of content we're able to provide you. We are getting very, very close right now, sitting just above $860 a month. So we just need a, a few more of you to sign up for the Pride or for some of you to upgrade your membership. We just added a $15 a month level, which of course you get a free t-shirt as everybody at the $10 and above level does, but you also get our daily news links email that Howie Snowden, our, our resident newsman, it gathers every single morning. He's been doing this for us for years. That's where we get all of our news stories, pretty much all the information that we talk about on this show comes from his news-gathering abilities. He really has a knack for collecting Liberty-related news and stuff that's relevant to the type of things we talk about. So now, the $15 and up members of the Pride get access to that daily email. So, we are really working hard to bring you some great content and encourage you to help us bring you even more great content. We are very, very excited about it, just like I'm excited to talk to today's guest. (laughs) My guest today is a libertarian candidate for Congress in what is a very interesting special election coming up in Pennsylvania's 18th congressional district. I'm pleased to welcome Mr. Drew Miller. Drew, are you ready to roar? Let's do this. All right, now, uh, Drew. We, like I said, you are in a pretty interesting election coming up here. It's a special election, and uh, we'll get more into that in just a minute. But first, I want to find out a little bit more about you and and how you kind of got where you are here. So, why don't you start off telling us just how you first became interested in politics and libertarian ideas?
1: Sure, I'll start from the very beginning. So, what happened was uh, way back when I was in high school and in college. I would tell my friends, you know, I I, I sort of feel like I'm a little bit Republican. I sort of feel like I'm a little bit Democrat because I'm fiscally conservative but socially liberal. And I just didn't know what that was. And when I was at Syracuse University uh, sitting in the uh, Maxwell School of Citizenship and Public Affairs, our professor said to us, I want everyone to go and take the uh, political compass quiz And this will tell you where you fall on the political compass. So I went, I took that quiz, and it turns out I was a hardcore libertarian, and that's when the day I discovered that I actually was a libertarian. So it just kind of unfolded from there. And then from Syracuse, I went to law school uh, at the Widener University School of Law in Harrisburg, where they really were heavily focused on uh, having the students graduate and then go into uh, some sort of government-based law because that's what they were really um, well known for. So after law school, I went and started working for the Senate of Pennsylvania uh, for a Republican uh, senator who was at that time the majority whip of the Pennsylvania Senate. And it was an eye opening experience for me because I realized how much power and influence the Republican Party had on the elected officials and also how much uh, influence the Democratic Party had on the particular individuals. Um, so that's basically how I got into this. And then uh, I just became a part of the Libertarian Party. And then when uh, Tim Murphy uh, had to resign, and as a background for maybe people who don't know, Tim Murphy um, at, the, at that particular time was the staunchest supporter of pro-life um, causes in the in Congress. And then what happened was he uh, got his uh, mistress pregnant And then he asked her to have uh, an abortion. And he did this via text message. There's a record of it. And when that came out, um, he uh, was disgraced and he had to resign. So that left a vacant seat. And when I went to the party uh, meeting, they said, we're going to hold a caucus uh, to to nominate somebody. Uh, They nominated me. Uh, They had a vote and uh, they unanimously uh, selected me to be their candidate. And that's uh, how I got to this point.
0: You know, that example of Tim Murphy is a, a pretty good example of a lot of the hypocrisy we see in government and a lot of elected officials overall. Uh, Tim Murphy made his career as a pro-life politician. Now, the the scandal you mentioned about, uh, you know, knocking up the mistress and the abortion, that might hurt a regular politician who didn't hold pro-life views, but they might survive, I think, if you had, you know, different circumstances. But when someone is so staunchly pro- pro-life and has based their own career around that and then has something like this come up, I mean, there, there's just no hope for them. <laughs>
1: No, that's exactly right, and that's what I've been telling everyone, is that had he just been a regular politician, I don't think this would have hurt him as much, but the fact that he was the most outspoken uh, uh, pro-life supporter shows that he had to resign just due to the hypocrisy.
0: I mean, even right now, we have this whole thing uh, coming up with uh, Donald Trump and his supposed affair with Stormy Daniels, this porn star. Uh, It may be true, it may not be, but either way, I don't think it's going to hurt Trump at all, because everyone at home in reality would go, oh yeah, I could him doing that because that's that's not something that anyone has has really judged Trump on other than his opponents so I don't think something like that hurts somebody like Trump whereas you know it's a different situation with uh, Tim Murphy
1: right that is absolutely correct I don't think this is going to hurt Donald Trump at all actually in the long run
0: so uh, let's go back a little bit here so what what exactly inspired you obviously that that vacancy came up but had you been thinking about running for office before that I mean what really got your juices flowing and wanting to run for Congress in uh, under the libertarian banner
1: well, for me, what it was was every time I'd walk into the voting booth, um, I'd always get it always be very a disheartening type of situation because you'd walk in and you should have a lot of options. Uh, that's what creates like a great democracy is the ability to be able to choose who you want to represent you. And more often than not, I walk into a voting booth and I have one option and at the very most really two options uh, on a good day. Um, so I wanted to give people this, this option uh, to have a third party option other than the two uh, major parties And uh, in fact, this will be the first time in over 18 years that the 18th congressional district will have a third party um, to choose from on the ballot for uh, a congressman. And and it could be longer than 18 years, but I've only been able to find uh, the records for the past 18 years. So it's really exciting to think that I'm going to be able to give people this opportunity to choose something other than Republican or a Democrat if they wanted to do that.
0: I'll tell us a little bit more about what's going on with this election. Obviously, it's a special election because the seat was vacated, but um, it's, it's actually very interesting because the election uh, – I believe it's mid-March sometime. I'm not sure the exact date off the top of my mm-hmm. head, but uh, I, I believe just two months after that, uh, whoever wins would have to – once again get their party's nomination in may and then once again run for office in november so this is a a very short-term uh, i guess election here and i don't know if you if you've used this on the campaign trail at all but it's almost like hey it's only for six months you may as well get the libertarian a shot <laughs> i mean that, that's kind of a spin i would use
1: no that is exactly in fact i actually just brought that point up um uh I was just on interviewed uh, yesterday on uh, PCN which is a Pennsylvania uh, cable network uh, uh, channel and I basically said that. But here's the thing: this this election is so crazy because there's even more happening in addition to that. So, like you said before, yes, correct. The special election will be taking place on March 13th to finish out uh, Tim Murphy's term, you know, which would end this year. So, the person who wins on March 13th, if it's a Republican or a Democrat, has to go on and then win the primary on on in May. And then go on and win the general election in November. And I say Republican or Democrat because the Libertarians, uh, you know, as you know, being a minor party, they don't have um, primaries in in Pennsylvania. The other thing that's really interesting is right before this happened, there was a uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court case that took place, the um, uh, League of Women Voters. Uh, sued Pennsylvania uh, because they said the districts in Pennsylvania were gerrymandered in such a way uh, that they were unconstitutional. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania agreed with them and they said that the, the uh, uh, congressional districts within Pennsylvania have to be redrawn, except for the 18th district while the, the election is taking place. So immediately after the election takes place, and this is the special election, then the, the has to be has to be redrawn. So it's possible that whoever gets elected might not even be living or representing that particular district. And in fact, I just learned that the Democratic candidate, uh, Connor Lamb, will be completely carved out of the district. Now, I should say also, too, that I live outside the district. I always have... Um, to begin with, anyway, uh, but I live right on the border of the district, just across the other side. But I work—I used to work inside the district, so it's not like I don't know the 18th district. You know, I, I know the needs of the 18th district. But like I said, the the Constitution does require that you actually live in the district. And in fact, there are between 20 and 25 members of Congress who don't live in the districts they represent. But it's just a very interesting election in that regard.
0: Yeah, that that is really interesting. So you're saying you don't need to live in in the district in order to represent it.
1: Right, so for con- for Congress, you don't need to. Yeah, so if you want to run as representative uh, in Washington, uh, you don't need to live in the particular district. I assume if, you if need, now- at least
0: need to live in Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs> you, just, you yeah, you have to live in Pennsylvania, but that's about it.
0: That's weird. That's really interesting, and I, I assume this wouldn't really work for most politicians. But in theory, you could live you know halfway across the state and and run to represent that district. It sounds like.
1: You could, there's nothing really stopping you. I think it's like you have to be, uh, I think it's 25 years of age and and then you have to live in or have be a resident or sorry, be a citizen of the United States uh, and be living here for, I think it was like seven years or something like that. But um, yeah, so it, there really isn't, you know, too many barriers for people to actually be a congressman.
0: Drew, tell us a little bit more about um, your time working I believe you said you worked in the Pennsylvania Senate under Republicans and you mentioned you, you saw a lot of uh, control that, that it sounded like the parties themselves at more as like an entity were influencing the politicians uh, in an I guess a, what you'd see as a corrupt or undue way. Can you get into some specifics there? Like What, what, what sort of uh, actions did you see uh, these organizations, both parties, uh, taking that would sort of I guess uh, di- direct the politicians in a way that wasn't necessarily in the best interest of their constituency or the people that they're supposed to represent.
1: Well, I'll tell you my personal story. And uh, it it made, I don't know if it made national headlines, but maybe it it definitely made state headlines. So what happened was I was working for a woman who I said before was the uh, majority whip of the Pennsylvania Senate. At that point, she would have been, I think it was the second most powerful woman in Pennsylvania at that time. And there was such a need to win these elections and and really beat out the other side so if you're republican you wanted to beat the democrat whoever it was and they did this at any expense and what happened was one day i was sitting in my office and we have uh several offices because it was a big district so i was up in uh north of uh, at the, the northern part of our district and a reporter from uh the pittsburgh tribune review came into my office and he said I'd like to talk to someone about what's going on in your um, McKnight office, which was south of me. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, oh, you haven't heard. The district attorney just raided your office. They confiscated all of your computers, and it's likely that your boss is going to be going to jail. So as it turns out, uh, my boss was using taxpayer-funded staff to do campaign work, which I didn't know that that was going on. And uh, so when that news broke Um, she ended up getting taken away (laughs) in handcuffs. I had to actually go and testify against her at her trial to say what I had seen, which really wasn't that much because I was in a different office. This was all taking place in the office that was South of us. Um, but her sister, uh, was a Supreme court justice, uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, she got tied up with this too. And she ended up getting kicked off of the uh, Supreme Court, and both of those women lost their law license and will never be able to practice law uh, in Pennsylvania again. So it was a huge uh, corruption scandal. And, and unfortunately, in Pennsylvania, there are so many stories like that. There have been so many elected officials that have gone to jail just because there is that need to, to constantly win. I think you they allow the, the power and this need for power and uh to to go to their heads so it's like they're representing the parties they're not representing the people which is who they should be representing
0: well drew i got to ask cuz that that does kind of beg the question if you did somehow uh pull off the long shot victory here and win this very strange very special election what's to stop you from you know being corrupted by these same influences
1: the thing that i always say to people is that the 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 republicans and democrats uh, both of my opponents have been receiving over a million dollars uh in these elections, in terms of like just the the amount of money that's been going into their advertising, and I haven't received really anything from the Libertarian Party yet, either at the national level or even from Pennsylvania. There have been a couple of people that have donated, like you know, members themselves here and there to me, but it hasn't been anything big. And uh, so, you know, that's that's you know, first the the first thing. But the other thing is too is it's just like uh, inside of me, I just have this feeling that really what our country is all about is having this representative um, government, you know, this uh constitutional republic, this idea where you can go to someone who represents you and uh, allow your concerns to be heard and allow them to be your mouthpiece, you know. And I think that if we allow parties to uh, undermine that, it really ruins the whole system. In fact, it's interesting because I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, George Washington, 221 years ago, gave his final address to Congress. And in his final address, he said, uh, I want to warn you guys that I have some major concerns about this party system we have here in this country. And he said that um, if we allow these parties to become too powerful, they're actually going to undermine everything that we've worked so hard to create as a country, and here we are, 221 years later, at the threshold of Washington's premonition. And so, for me, it just goes to my core value: we can never allow something like that to happen. It always, the, the government always has to represent the people; it can never just represent parties.
0: Uh, Drew, I'm wondering, uh, due to the unique nature of this election uh, and the, the short amount of time whoever this is would be in office, uh, I'm wondering if, if that has given you sort of an edge in getting any extra media attention. I mean, obviously, we know that third party are generally ignored for the most part but have you seen that in your case to be any different or are you kind of getting what a lot a lot of third parties and especially libertarians tend to get which is uh just essentially being ignored
1: no that is what is so crazy is that you know this is an election that's going to have probably national attention and in even in the pittsburgh market almost every uh, news outlet is reporting that there are only two candidates and it's just driving me crazy. So I'm having to take, you know, my time, my free time to contact all these news organizations and say to them, Hey, could you revise your story to, you know, inform your voters that there are in fact three candidates. There's really only one newspaper in the region that has consistently reported that there are three candidates. And as I said, as of last night, uh, when I was on PCN that was the first time um, that I really had any type of media exposure which is unfortunate you know and here's the thing that I tell people is that I'm not just a fringe candidate when you take a look at all three of the candidates I'm actually the most qualified person to be on this ballot and here's the reason why the Democrat Connor lamb yes he is a a uh, Uh, A fellow attorney, I think he respects the Constitution, but he doesn't have that legislative experience in the legislative branch of government like I've had. And yes, Rick Saccone is uh, a, re- a state representative, and he has that legislative experience, but he doesn't have that legal background, and he doesn't have that knowledge of the Constitution. In fact, in 2012, he tried to make 2012 the year of the Holy Bible, which leads me to believe that he doesn't have a grasp on the uh, First Amendment, the separation <laughs> wait, of church and state. Wait, he
0: tried to make to that like legislatively, he tried to make 2012 right, the yeah. year of the Bible.
1: The year of the Holy Bible, yeah, and he also tried to advocate and create legislation to allow for prayer at the be- beginning of school. Um, so he just, yeah, and he's a very scary individual. In fact, um, I mentioned this, and I'm the only one who mentioned this for some reason. His Democratic opponent has not brought this up, but there are allegations that he personally went over to Abu Ghraib and uh, and tortured uh, the prisoners over there. Um, so he, so this is well, a guy personally who personally went not- over and tortured them. Yeah, wow. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he was in the army, or I don't, think, I don't know if it's the army, but he's definitely in the armed forces. And uh, there are, uh, there's a book he wrote about it. I guess they brought him over, and he personally uh, tortured. Those uh, prisoners over there. So and he, this is the guy's going around talking about, you know, what a great Christian he is. I I just think there's a disconnect. I don't think you can call yourself a Christian and talk about how much you love torturing uh, human beings, you know. And I and there's also allegations that from there he went to Guantanamo Bay and did the same thing where he was waterboarding uh, prisoners. Wow,
0: jeez. So, I mean, Drew, it sounds like you've got a lot of great talking points, not only to, to talk yourself up, but uh, also some points against your opponents here. So what's your strategy here? You've just got a little under a month until this election occurs. What's your strategy to wedge yourself in there to get more of that media attention, to get your name out there? Um, obviously, I imagine you're you're doing a lot of door to door and pounding the pavement and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and what I've done is I've gone exclusively to high schools and colleges because I found that the young people are the ones that are the most receptive to my message. And for me, it's just exciting to get the young people uh, excited about voting. You know, people always say, oh, young people, they don't care about the political process, they don't come out and vote in the numbers that the uh, senior citizens vote in. But that's only because we've never given young people a reason to vote. And so what I'm doing is I'm energizing these young voters. Uh, I've had a whole bunch sign up uh, for my campaign to help me out. And I think what we're going to see is a large number of young voters come out on March 13th and and vote for me. So it's really exciting for me. That's what I'm doing now. I'm also just trying to um, get as much attention as I can uh, via grassroots and and social media, um, and then I'm gonna be going out within the next week and putting out uh, more uh, yard signs so people can see them. Um, but like I said, you know the the Republicans and the Democrats are definitely outfunding me. You know, they have millions of dollars. I just don't have that kind of money to you know spend on commercials and and whatever. Um, so it's, it's been challenging for me, but, uh, you know, I'm working through it. I think I might even write an open letter to the news organizations and say to them like, hey, you have a responsibility to report fairly and accurately on this election. And when you tell the viewers that there are only two candidates or imply that there are only two candidates, you're not helping to create an informed electorate, you know.
0: Uh, Drew, Drew, when you're out there on the campaign trail and you know you said you've made a lot of headway with a uh, sort of the younger crowd I'm I'm curious what are the issues that that get you the most fired up what what really are you the most passionate about talking about and about connecting with those those younger voters or really anybody you might run encounter in your in the district
1: Well, this is going to sound strange. One of my biggest issues right now is the uh, legalization of marijuana for recreational use on a federal level. And the reason I think that's important now is in Pennsylvania, we just recently passed medical marijuana legislation. But the problem with that is, as you know, it's still illegal at the federal level. And what's happening is that uh, when people try to go and purchase a handgun, they legally cannot be able to do that Uh, Because on the ATF form, they ask you if you are a marijuana user. So if you have this marijuana ID card, this medical marijuana ID card, you can't you know, truthfully answer that question and say that you do not use marijuana. Uh, so this is actually infringing upon our Second Amendment rights, and we can't allow anything to infringe upon our Second Amendment rights. So I think one way to to resolve that issue would be to legalize marijuana on a federal level for recreational purposes. Um, I think that's the best way to go about doing that. Plus, you know, as a libertarian, I've always said that it's not the government's responsibility to tell us what's in our best interest. We are adults. We have to decide what's in our best interest so you know we take into consideration that marijuana is no more dangerous than alcohol there's no reason why it should be illegal and i always say to people you know marijuana is dangerous because it's illegal it's not illegal because it's dangerous.
0: That's, that's a really good tagline, by the way. Um, have you heard of any cases of that actually occurring in Pennsylvania? I, I know a few weeks ago there was sort of something in Hawaii where a sheriff said, we're going to confiscate your guns or you have to turn in your guns if you're also a marijuana user. They kind of um, you know rescinded on that. And I know that legally, technically by the book, like you're saying, it is federally illegal, so they could deny you a gun permit. But have you actually heard of any anybody actually running into this issue?
1: I haven't heard of it yet, um, but... The fact that it exists is an is a is an issue, you know, and we can't allow something like that to exist. So I think that just and, and, and you know, if you take a look at what's happening in the country, look. Colorado has legalized marijuana for recreational use a lot of other states have done it, too I think it's all moving in that direction I think the idea of medical marijuana is just a pretext to sort of get people warmed up to the idea of recreational marijuana It's gonna happen eventually, you know, I really believe that you can sort of see it in the distance Like I believe that one day we're gonna see marijuana legalized across the nation for recreational use and if that happens Not only will that be great for liberty, but it will also be great on an economic scale, too, because I just read an article, uh, it was a business uh, insider that said um, by 2025, if we legalize uh, marijuana on a federal level for recreational purposes, it'll bring in, I think it was $130 billion per year and provide for 1.1 million jobs related to that industry.
0: Hey guys, you might remember that I recently said that this is the libertarian moment and that we need more people to stand up and run for office. Now, if you're tired of watching Liberty erode and you plan to stand up and run for office, I want you to call on a team that has over 20 years experience, Global Alliance Communications. They specialize in data analytics, identifying and mobilizing voters. They offer live voter outreach, data acquisition, compliance, recorded messages, text messaging with full social media touch points and teletown halls. Campaigns of all types and sizes are encouraged to reach out, and you can find out more by visiting their website at www.gacigroup.com or email info at gacigroup.com. Drew, one thing I want to ask you about, what is your your goal of the campaign here. Cause as you discuss, and as we all know, the odds are absolutely stacked against you in so many ways from, uh, media bias, media, ignoring you, just the, uh, the sheer difference in the, 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 the money that you're not receiving as opposed to your, your, um, your opponents who are both you know heavily funded. So, you know, is your, are you seeing this as sort of an educational campaign or do you think that due to the unique nature of this election, you know, if you, if you play your cards right, you might have a shot to actually win this election or at least influence it in a way that can have some, some sort of real world pragmatic impact.
1: Yeah. And for, for me, I think I'm the only one that, really believes i can win this election just based on the fact that the two other candidates are are really not strong candidates uh the fact that i have a more impressive resume than either of them combined you know this the fact that i'm not a fringe candidate the fact that people are so tired of divisive politics and i think people have to understand that you know Everyone across the nation is saying it. They're like, "Oh, we're just really upset with the Republicans and the Democrats and how divisive, you know, the, this political climate has become." And each of the candidates is saying, "Oh, well, I'm going to, ch- I'm going to reform Washington." Well, you know, it, you can't expect a Republican or a Democrat to fix a problem that's caused by Republicans and Democrats. Only a third party can do that. And I really think that if I got the media attention, if I got uh, more recognition within the media, and we're able to have the uh, ability to advertise. In the same way that the Republicans and Democrats do, I really think I could uh, win this election, especially when if you look at the polling numbers, there's still 20 percent of the the voters who have no idea yet who they're going to vote for. And I think those are the people who are looking for that third party option. And I think there are a lot of people on both the Democratic and Republican sides that are that are also looking for another option. You know, so I think that if they know that I'm out there, I really think I could win this election. If I don't win this election, what I really want to do is make sure that I get the libertarian message out there, and by going to these high schools and colleges, I'm really helping that to happen. You can see, like, it's almost as if a switch turns on in these kids' heads when they, uh, you know, hear me speak and I am presenting ideas that resonate with them, which is great. So I might be, you know, creating new leaders in the future who will eventually be come elected uh, as, as libertarians. So uh, for me, that's exciting.
0: Absolutely. I mean, just look at Ron Paul. He, he was one of the few people that uh, happened to be able to really do both, to campaign as a libertarian and spread that message, but also to win his own elections. So it's certainly not impossible. But uh, I think the, the bigger impact that he had, it was less so his time spent in Congress and more so his time campaigning, both for Congress and through uh, his presidential elections. Because, I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now if it wasn't for Ron Paul, most likely, because he, in many ways, uh, inspired myself and my um, fellow Lions of Liberty to come together and, and form this podcast. So, uh, what you're talking about there is really, uh, you know, the, the bigger issue here. I mean, it would be amazing if you could win this election, and it's certainly not impossible. Crazier things have happened. Look who the president is, but um, you know, you, the, the fact that you're actually out there discussing these issues with the younger generation and focusing on people that are more open-minded, that mo- are more open to hearing this message, I, I think is a wonderful thing. And you know, hopefully, some of these kids, you know, maybe some of these high school kids you're talking to aren't even eligible to vote but maybe they're going home and you know having a conversation o- over dinner with mom and dad and bringing up these these crazy libertarian ideas and you know maybe, maybe a few <laughs> of those uh i'm sure they get a lot of eye rolls too if, if they're anything like my parents but uh hopefully it does start to get some of uh, the, the the older folks uh thinking a little bit as well if they see uh you know their, their children being influenced and, and asking you know questions and that sort of thing
1: Yeah, I hope so, too. You know, you mentioned Ron Paul, and it's interesting because I I posted yesterday on my Facebook page that yesterday was the ninth anniversary of Ron Paul's what if speech to Congress that he gave, um, where he basically almost predicted the future, you know, where he says, you know, what, you know, he basically said, you know, Madam President, uh, what if, and then he would give these different scenarios and all of them potentially, actually, almost all of them came true. Um, so, yeah, he definitely had a huge impact. Uh, but you know, in, this, in this particular election, if nothing else, I would love to be a spoiler for one of the other candidates. You know, um, I think if that happens where, where the reporters could say, were it not for Drew Miller, maybe this other candidate would have won, but he took all these votes away from one candidate and that allowed the, the other candidate to win. I think if we do that, the two parties are going to realize they have a major issue on, on their hands.
0: Right. And and even in that case, uh, if nothing else, then in the future, they're going to have to if you if you run again or if someone else likes you runs again, they're going to have to address some of these issues that you bring up if if for nothing else than to to win those votes back.
1: Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. So hopefully that's what I'm going for. It's really uh, very possible that's going to happen because this election right now is so close. Uh, that it, it's basically a dead heat, but what's interesting is that none of the candidates are getting over fifty percent of the vote. Vote, so they're both getting about that forty percent vote, and there's still that other twenty percent out there that's undecided. So it's going to be a very interesting election.
0: It's, it's almost like the best thing that could happen to you, other than outright winning the election, would be to take you know three percent of a vote where the swing was two percent. You know, something like yes. that, where you just you will get attention, you will be called a spoiler, you will be called many many names by. by the losing side but that's the kind of attention you want to bring to not just yourself but the libertarian party and libertarian ideas overall
1: right and that is completely fine by me too if I you know ruin this election for one of these uh, candidates I I, I'll, I won't be too sad I'll be able to go to sleep at night <laughs> even though the it's it's would be terrifying, I think, to have either one of them uh, in office. But if I'm able to do it, uh, I think that'd be a great thing for the party to know that that the that we are really serious contenders now.
0: All right, Drew. Well, I'm certainly find your campaign interesting. You know, my friend John Odermatt, he he's uh you know worked with you and some other people in uh, Pennsylvania and in the, in the Libertarian Party, and he's he's very excited about your campaign. He got me excited about your campaign, and and after speaking to you, I'm I'm pretty darn excited about it as well. And I I think many of our listeners, especially, I know we have a pretty good contingent out there in Pennsylvania, so hopefully they'll be sending you some of their dollars, sending you some of their attention, that sort of thing. So why don't you just let everybody out there know where can they find more information about your campaign? I know uh you have to uh, do something special with your name there so you're not confused with somebody else. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find your campaign, how they can help, how they can get directly involved, especially if they are out there uh, in Pennsylvania?
1: Sure. If you go to my website, drewgraymiller.com, and that's Gray, G-R-A-Y, you can see a donation button right on my front page. Uh, There's also a contact form that you can uh, fill out your information and send it to me. And uh, within about a day or two, I'll be in contact with you to tell you how you can help with my campaign. But uh, I basically need as much help as I can, because this is a a grassroots effort. And like I said, I don't have the money that the other two parties have. But uh, I think if we all work together, we definitely can win this election.
0: All right, that's Drew Gray Miller, not to be confused with the hockey player, Drew Miller. Very very important (laughs) distinction. Drew, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I I truly do wish you the best of luck uh, with this election. I'm very excited to see how how it all plays out.
1: Great. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Drew.
0: Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation there with Drew Gray-Miller. That special election coming up very, very soon. Now there is actually a debate that's taking place well tonight if you're listening to the episode today and Drew has not been invited to that debate but he has been causing a little bit of a a ruckus about this and and going out and reaching out to the news media. Um, We've been having some people in the forum actually comment on uh, their websites on their Facebook pages uh, locally there and, and mention, hey, where's Drew miller where's the libertarian candidate because i like the scrappy ones you know when it comes to liberty when it comes to fighting for principles i like the ones that get out there and get in the mix of things and i'm glad we've got drew miller out there as a voice for liberty talking about the issues that neither of these candidates are going to be talking about yeah there's not a great chance he's going to uh, just come out of nowhere and win this election based on the odds uh but there is a good chance that he can reach people and get them thinking about things differently getting them thinking about politics differently and how they view the role of government. And that's why I do this show. That's why we have these conversations here. That's why we do these interviews. That's why we're looking to expand this program always at all times, whether it's the content that we're trying to provide you by going to Porkfest. Of course, as I went through all that at the beginning of the show, I won't do it all again. Rather, I will just remind you to head over to lionsofliberty.com to learn more about the Pride. Or you can give us a one-time donation either via PayPal. There's a link on the homepage at lionsofliberty dot to do that, or you can send us one of a, a variety of cryptocurrencies by heading over to lionsofliberty dot com slash. Donate. And I also want to encourage you to come over and join the conversation. Now, we have a private Facebook group for our Lions of Liberty Pride members, a secret group uh, that only they are allowed in to uh, give us questions for the show, give us suggestions and that kind of thing. But we have some great conversations in our, uh, our forum, the Lions of Liberty forum on Facebook that is more open to everybody. It's pretty much open to anybody who is interested in the show or wants to engage in the conversation. And I gotta say it's really one of the better, more respectful forums out there, especially as many of you know, out there in Liberty Land, it can get a little crazy. It can get a little tense. Uh, things can get weird, but uh, and, yeah, things might get weird sometimes in the, in the Lions of Liberty Forum, too. But we tend to have some really great productive conversations over there. So I want to encourage any of you on Facebook to just type Lions of Liberty Forum in your little search bar and come on over and join the conversation. Guys, don't forget to continue tuning in to this very podcast feed this coming Wednesday when Brian McWilliams brings you his weekly shot of cultural. Culture, comedy, and liberty. And of course, wrap things up on Friday with John Odermatt's weekly look at the broken criminal justice system on Felony Friday. Until next week, folks, live long and live free.